Welcome to Rogue News. We are the preeminent geostrategic, geoeconomic, and geopolitical news show on YouTube and on the web. Join us for hard-hitting analysis, behind-the-scenes strategy, and brutal commentary. Find out why many consider us the place to get their news and information. Check us out at roguenews.com. Follow us on Twitter at Real Rogue News, Facebook, and most of the popular podcasting apps. Most of all, remember to subscribe, like, comment, and share. If that is not God sending a message, I do not know what it is, CJ. I really don't, man. Boof. Really it's all don't. gone. It's all gone. It's all gone. That's beautiful. Folks, good evening, wherever the heck in the world you are. It is it is Taco Tuesday in America. It is Taco Tuesday. I had tacos. We can't, we can't really talk about all that. You know, we got us talking coats. It's Taco Tuesday for all the YouTubers out there. Uh, it is Taco Tuesday in America. And, and look. The GOP's got 37 tacos. The Democrats have 38 tacos, according to the latest reporting. She's lots to talk about on this election night, and all kidding aside. Um, what's your take, man? I know we're going to have, you know, Matthew Eretz going to be joining us. Cowboy's going to be joining us. Uh, Tim Kirby will be hopping in, hopefully. Lots to talk about, lots to discuss. And whoever else, I, I know that. Uh, uh, yeah, I'm going to throw the. Yeah, I'm going to throw Seif the. Uh... listening in as well. Yeah, I'm going to throw the link out as well here in a little bit uh, for the uh, actual StreamYard link. We just have to be careful because it's it's eight total that we can occupy in here. But we also have a great group of listeners, great group of people who are joining us from our Discord server. Uh, so so they're in the lounge right now listening in live, and we're sharing this. We're piping this through as well. So huge shout out to them. Uh, but early on, V, like it was a, it was almost like the moment I turned on the any type of podcast or anything early in the morning it was like every mainstream media was piping the same type of programming that yeah. you know what this election is going to take time it, it could it could be days yeah. it could be weeks in fact it could be months we are in the twilight zone with this election cycle <laughs> but isn't I think it amazing just, yeah well yeah. and it's like okay are we like a third you know counting by ones is is now difficult in the united states v it's very difficult to count well, by know, one that's what happens when you have uh oh matthew senior oh, hello mon ami. all right what are we at there there's more blue than red oh there's the, well, uh, the it, senate it's it hasn't fully counted you know because in america matthew yeah. The latest trend in America, because we're such an advanced country, 
it we don't have election uh, days anymore. We have election weeks, and now we're transitioning to election months. Uh, some of these runoffs we won't know until probably December or January, the way things are going. <laughs> well, it, it you know makes sense. We're uh, we're going back to windmills for energy source. That was a technology we were using uh, 500 years ago. So why not yes. go back to the uh, <laughs> the wait times you would expect to have for such things 500 years ago too, when you had to wait you know four weeks for uh, a letter to to go from from California to uh, to New York. <laughs> well, I heard they're reactivating the Pony Express. That's a good <laughs> thing. It's much say, more yeah, carbon neutral. Get, get horse carrier out there again. <laughs> uh, Matt, this is it. Oh, wait, wait, wait. The GOP just put, put, they just got another taco. 40 tacos. It's Taco Tuesday night. And for all of you that are listening on YouTube, I think, Siege, we're going to be getting off of YouTube probably in another five minutes or so, right? Just to be safe. It Either doesn't that take much to say something inflammatory to, uh, to get struck down. That's why it's Taco Tuesday night all across America. There are blue tacos and red tacos, Matthew. And, and right now it looks like in the Senate results, uh, 40 red tacos. We'll see what the House looks like. Ooh. Ooh, this is, this is, getting, ju- this is getting quite spicy. Yeah. 61 spicy tacos to 26 cool ranch tacos. Yes. Oh. <laughs> And, and for the YouTube algos, we completely trust every bit of the reporting. We fully believe in the integrity of the election cycle and the votes. We may have a different opinion tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> and how does this work? I mean, I'm a Canadian, um, so we do things, I, I think, a little bit differently. There's, there's, there's bad tacos uh, and bad taco making happening all over the you know, Canada and the United States, the alike. Uh, but we do things a little bit differently. Now, you have a lot of mail-in ballots, and I was reading a, a statistic that's had something like 25 million mail-in ballots happen. So are none of these mail-in ballots, they have not been counted yet? Or these are just the physical on-location people who bought their tacos on location? Well, well it's when- significant. Good, good. CJ, you're Mexican. Break down the taco story. I'll break, I'll break down the taco story, okay? Because, you know, there's significant difference between if you do the chorizo tacos versus the carnitas tacos. Okay, wait a minute. Now you're getting too technical, CJ. Oh, my bad. <laughs> you're losing me. Oh, my bad. Oh, we're Matthew's about. out oh. in Canada. You, you've already lost him on the chorizo. <laughs> Uh, yeah, we, we do so, beaver tails. Uh, uh, this this moose taco. Uh, <laughs> this this cycle is a, a little bit different from the previous uh, years that we endured with uh, COVID because a lot of uh, secretary states uh, implemented their own type of of uh, voting rules, which in a lot of states it was unconstitutional. Like to change the voting process, there's things you have to do within the state legislature in order to, to do that. And that was part of the reason why it was, it was very conflicted. It was, it was dirty. It was, um, it wasn't clean in this cycle. They pretty much have deemed that, you know, know, mail-in ballots have, have always been in place, right? It's, it's existed for people who are, you know, especially with like the military is a perfect example. So typically what they state is mail-in ballots that are, are sent in have a specific date, they're specifically stamped uh, for that particular individual. And there's a time that those have to be received by. And in most states, those cannot be counted 
before any of the election polling opens up. So, so any mail-in ballots, the counting literally started for those this morning at 6 a.m. Uh, mm. for most for most states. If, okay. It, so, to just a high-level overview of it, of it, Matthew. That's useful. I appreciate that a lot. I I just read somewhere that the the one zone that was was absolutely declared like an hour ago was uh, Guam, right off the coast of China. Guam. <laughs> yep. Did uh, Guam uh, went Republican for the first time since 1993? Wow. <laughs> yep. <laughs> that is true. I saw that reporting earlier. I'm like, where? <laughs> yeah, like, why? What? What are we doing in Guam? <laughs> most people don't even know. It was a shock for me to even discover that that was actually the United States. I, uh, I had no idea. Most people can't even find Guam on a map. Well, and and before you jumped on Matthew, I was telling V that you know one of the things that when I was listening early on to a lot of the discussion in the mainstream media was just the uh, conditioning that was taking place for. Uh, the psyche of, of, of Americans to understand that, you know what, this this election cycle that we're going through today, the results, they literally, they may not be known for days, perhaps yeah. weeks, uh, maybe even months, because in America, counting by one is a very difficult thing nowadays. And, you know, we don't have the technology. So it, 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 it may be the 2024 election cycle before we know the results of the midterms. Well, we swapped <laughs> STEM for gender studies. I mean, what do you expect? Yeah. True. Yeah. True. So, and remember, two plus two is equals racist. So you can't, you can't, you can't, you know, it's whatever you want it to be. So, if it's one vote, two vote, three vote, four, five vote, six vote, seven votes more. I mean, You're as of eight. Per, listen to this: eight percent reporting in Pennsylvania. Just eight percent reporting in. Fetterman has three hundred and seventy-eight thousand votes. To uh, Doctor Oz has like seven thousand. Yeah, I so, think, and I and I was telling CJ this, Matt. I was telling CJ this before we went live that perhaps, but the operatives in PA got a little trigger happy. Those those three hundred seventy eight thousand votes or something like that were to be dropped at three a.m. this morning, and they somehow flubbed and dropped it early at three p.m. These are all Hence, hypotheticals, though, so we don't get taken down, right? These are just these are just a hypothetical, up. and we're talking about tacos. Tacos, yes, exactly. Yes, so yes. <laughs> Fetterman or Fetternak has uh, um, 370 some odd thousand tacos more than than uh, than than us. So it's pretty interesting mm-hmm. to see that. And why is it yeah. taking it so long? Why are you reporting only eight percent at it's nine o'clock at night? I mean, shouldn't the polls be closed at this point? I I think on average, like I think they said 10 p.m. The cl- polls close for for the West Coast. Somebody can correct me if I'm wrong. Um, so yeah, so here in mid, the Midwest and in the Eastern time zone, they, they should be closed by now. And the only reason I know that is because I went to go buy a bottle of booze today and they, and they couldn't sell it to me after the, until after the polls closed. It's still an Indiana law. <laughs> huh. You can't buy booze on election day because they don't want you to drink up and go vote. <laughs> but the crazy thing is about some of these States, when you look through it, like in Indiana, we're, we're electronic voting here. I was able to actually request a printout of of what I input because, uh, you know, you go to your terminal, you um, you you look at the terminal and it basically lists, do you want to vote straight ticket? And it gives you the option for Democrat, Republican, uh, Libertarian. Um, I never vote straight ticket. I never understand the thought process of that. So I have to go through six screens to, to select. So you go through all the different, you know, not only state, uh, you go through the national, 
Um, and at the end of it, you confirm your selections. I only had to write myself in on like two or three um, offices because there was no one that I wanted to vote for. So I just typed my name in there and voted for myself. <laughs> mm -mm -mm. Data. Uh, <laughs> but for example, what the crazy thing is in Arizona. So we have electronic here in my state, which most states do. But for some reason in Arizona, every bit of Arizona is paper still. So so every bit of that they do there in that state is paper. And I don't know how many other states do that. But that could become quite labor uh, intensive in terms of, of how that's going to work, um, especially in Maricopa County. That's by the, the heaviest. So it's it's uh, it's 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 not an easy thing. It's 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 uh, it should be it should be, you know, pretty much at this point, if you think of where we are in terms of technology and everything, it, it shouldn't be this difficult, but it yeah. is. Um, so I, I think in some of those states that are that much population density, there there could be some delays, but. Um, I believe 10 o'clock we'll start getting a lot more data rolling in to uh, to see where uh, where that's going to take us. I think the main seats to really uh, focus in on as far as a national national side is Georgia, uh, the, the Senate side with, I believe, Herschel Walker. And I can't remember the other gentleman's name uh, that's running. That's going to be very contested. And then also Raphael Warnock, Raphael Warnock. And yeah. then also the, the Reverend Raphael Warnock. And then the other one to really keep our eyes on is Arizona. And that's between uh, Blake Masters and the astronaut. I forget his name, that his wife was shot up um, at some event. Right. Right. Yeah. 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 That's right. Well, were there any um, situations? I, I know earlier on in the day for a couple of hours, there were, there were these issues regarding like 20% of the, the machines I was reading about in, in Maricopa County. Uh, and I suppose they're, they're machines which you, you scan the paper ballot or something, and then it's read after it's scanned and the machines weren't working because they weren't cleaned properly. And so they were sent back into, and some, or some technician came in and then cleaned them and then they kind of worked okay afterwards. Um, and there was something else in Trenton, something similar happened where these Dominion voting machines were, or taco counters were uh, <laughs> uh, also just malfunctioning. Um, I, were there any other cases like that that you guys read about uh, in other, any other states where the machines were, were behaving in a, in a fuzzy way, the, the taco making machines? Yes. Uh, I've heard that the, uh, ta the, the, the taco uh, machines, uh, the, um, the panini grills, the panini presses that they're used mm. for that, right. that reads the tacos, were not functioning not only well, the 20% of them having problems in Arizona. There's wide reports coming out of New Jersey, Pennsylvania, of course. Uh, Georgia's had a few issues here and there. Michigan, of course, in Detroit, no surprise there. You have uh, 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 what's a, uh, Gretchen Whitmer and her harpies that are looking looking to stay put where they are over there. So you got a lot of a lot of things going on. If you look at the map right now, look, the, the GOP just gained. This was 35 uh, to wow. 37. Now it's 67 GOP. That's interesting. To 35 tacos. for the, This is a, a major turn of events right here. Yeah, absolutely. If you could um, click on, is that the House, right? Can you see what the Senate is, if it's shifted in the Senate at all? Sure. We go to Senate 40. 30. Senate's close. We knew that Senate's mm -hmm. going to be a close one. 
So look at let's see what Georgia is reporting right now. They're reporting Warnock. Oh, let me let me scrooch out of there. Back to Senate. Back out here. Why I mean, Georgia is very red. I mean, uh, from a distance, it looks like froze. they're making it look blue from a distance. Well, it Atlanta, I mean, it really depends on the – let me bring someone else into mm. the stream. We have oh. Vellis in the house. Vellis. Hey, Vellis. <laughs> Uh-oh, I know Vellis has got some input. He's been studying this map like crazy. So the Vellis, Dark no, Raven just... himself is here. No, I've been drinking bourbon and watching Matthew's uh, documentaries. <laughs> okay, I, that's what I like to do on my free time as well. Hang on a second. Let me go get you. Let me. I'm gonna go get the bottle of tequila I bought for night. I'll be oh, right back. Oh God! Oh, cool. <laughs> did, did you see the uh, the Secret Society uh, documentary yet? Uh, no, no, and I've I've got it queued up for this weekend. Okay, cool. Yeah, that was. Uh, I'm 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 most proud of that one. That was that was a labor of love. That was a good solid two months of of solid work. And Cynthia's. Uh, work on uh, Albert Pike and uh, the ancient roots of some of these occult societies going back to King Croesus's being duped by the uh, the mystery schools to to destroy his own kingdom um, came in handy and it, and it all ends with a, an homage to John F. Kennedy and some of the uh, the forgotten people who were there's a lot more people who died mysteriously around Kennedy than uh, than we than even I knew about until Cynthia dug it all up um, who were resisting this this J Edgar Hoover thing that is certainly tequila. That is definitely tequila. CJ is trying to show us a bottle. So typically I'll do a 750, um, you know, just to have, but tonight was a special night. So I got a 1.75. Your webcam really does not like that. I know it doesn't. Let me see if I can turn off the. So right now, Raphael Warnock is leading by 51.3% tacos to Herschel Walker's 47. Herschel just went from 46 to 47.1. Vellas, your comments on this one. What what what's your take? What do you see happening here? You got the man with the beluga neck. He has a beluga neck. He has a beluga whale's forehead stuck behind his neck. And if you haven't seen his video, I will show you the video, which is very much a clear sign from God Himself. Uh, and and I don't think Matthew's seen this video either, Matt. Have you seen this video? Are you, talking, are you talking about Fetterman or the or the uh, Georgia race? No, here we go. Yeah, I knew you're talking about. He almost looks like a guy who just got out of the joint. Like just got out of prison. Watch the flags. Oh, bad omen. <laughs> I'm running to serve Pennsylvania. Yeah. Oh. All he oh. needs now is a bird to poop on him. Uh. Uh, okay, there you go. Yeah, your your webcam now accepts. Now we it. see your living room and where you're sitting. Now, now stalkers will find where you, you live, CJ. I don't think there's anything with direction or anything like that. I'll blur it back. All right, there so there's the the uh, election results right now. Warnock is leaving fifty one of uh, fifty one to forty seven. Vels, what is your take? Well, you caught me in mid sandwich. Um, oh, mid sandwich. What kind of sandwich are you eating? It's, you have to share that with us. It's kind of late to be eating, Velas. I know. It's I never know. too late to eat, CJ. It's too <laughs> that, late to Georgia, drink. That Georgia race is a mess. It is a um, mess. G- given both candidates. Um, yes. I think at this point, it's just you have overall momentum. I just posted to the Discord page that five specific races in the Senate are 
the both parties spent a combined one billion dollars just on five key races for the Senate. Holy cow! Let's see here. Oh, I thought you choked on your sandwich for a second. Sorry, call nine one one. Uh, Pennsylvania, Georgia alone accounted for five hundred million of the one billion dollar figure. And it was, wow. it was, yeah. And it was, uh, you know, it was Herschel, it was Oz and Fetterman. Uh, were a huge part of that. Meanwhile, wow. the Donald is threatening he's got blackmail on DeSantis. <laughs> Wonderful. The, oh God, what is his problem? You think it's just a show, or does he? He has. I mean, a there small are some penis. rumors that these guys are he just has putting a small up a show. Penis. No, I think, honest to God, he he wants to be a uh, what do they call it? A political kingmaker. You know, because oh, it's always good. about something he can leverage. Of course, but we'll, well see. Don't you guys remember? Like, like, don't you remember? Even like after he left the Apprentice show, like, and this is like I excused it for a long time, but like if I had a TV program and and I was the ratings were good and all that, I would I would let it be, but I would not. You know, I would leave the show, and if someone over took over, do you remember when Arnold Schwarzenegger was hosting The Apprentice, and Trump would be like, uh, "Arnold's ratings never got to my numbers. His I ratings were never as good as mine. My ratings exactly. were tremendous. Like, who does it was that? It was fabulous. That's, like that's like Obama type, you know, megalomaniac type personality. Was like, CJ. I was trying my very best to become the very best Apprentice. Every day I would show up at six a.m. and say, "Ah." <laughs> Well, the, it, it did strike me when I was listening to his interview when he was asked, you know, like, well, what do you think people should say about you if your candidates, I think he endorsed like 320 candidates. And he's like, yeah, if um, if they win, I should get full credit. And I was like, what? That, that's a little bit much. That's a bit heavy. And he said, but in the same measure, if they do win, I'm uh, I know I'm not going to get any credit. And it's like, why are you speaking that way? It just sounds like you have this a bit of a such chip a on your shoulder. Like, that's not that classy. And I do hope all of his candidates win. I, I do hope that. But at the same measure, it's like, why why take such an unclassy approach? Because that's, that's how you get over Trump. I think Gus Deem has said it best. All Nancy Pelosi had to do was just smooth talk him and tell him how great he is. And, um, and, and everything would have been they fine. Gotten away with murder. <laughs> yeah, everything would have been right. fine. They didn't even have to impeach the guy. Just tell him how wonderful he is. And I think people are right. Ron DeSantis is Trump, who knows how to fight and has none of the baggage. <clears throat> incredible. I heard Ron DeSantis uh, took a stand on the uh, the DOJ that were sitting in their so called um, observers. monitors, right? Yep, monitors. Right yeah. up. That's how because when you have power, like <laughs> you know, Gus was saying it early in our chats. Guys, Gus might not come back. He's in love with Italy. That's another. He might. We might lose him to Italy. Chia, I don't know uh, why uh, the scenery, the people, the food, the booze. Yeah, I mean, what could possibly compel you to want to stay there? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but uh, he made a point. He's like, when you have power, you use it. You use it, and that's what DeSantis does. He knows how to apply. He knows how to fight these guys on a legal platform, on, on a legal level. He knows how to, you know, how to do this. Vels, uh, the race with Fetterman and and Dr. Oz. What's your take on that? And then I'll swing back to Maddie. Lesser of two evils. Um, 
but at the After same time, take a bite out of your pastrami sandwich. No, no, I, I've already finished the sandwich. I'm just on oh, booze fast. now, just straight booze. Uh, <laughs> um, what do you call it? No, I, I think uh, it's what you and I and, and CJ were talking about last Friday. Um, you're going to have to look at how each of these states manage the counting. Um, you know, as I was texting with you and CJ this morning, uh, the minute we started seeing New Jersey, um, uh, Arizona, and Texas having uh, voting machine problems. Yeah. I mean, I almost kind of chuckled on this side of the text message thinking, okay, so that's the angle we're going to go with. So with, uh, ooh, crypto, with uh, PA, we're just going to have to see uh, how they're counting it. Uh, the uh, Fetterman has already hired, I think, Bill Clinton's attorney for one of the past elections uh, to argue that he, sh- he should be able to get uh, ballots turned in that have no date on them. Yeah, that's exactly what I told Al. Uh, I told Al, I said, listen, when we when he was running against uh, uh, against uh, George uh, back in uh, the whole Florida you remember that, uh, Bellas, the hanging chide, uh, the, 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 the hanging by the nail chide and the uh, cliffhanger chide and all the other kinds of chides that are out there. Uh, I told Al, listen, you got to contest that election. So, uh, you know, I got my best guys working with Fetterman right now. So you ain't got to worry about it, Bellas. We got this in the horn and uh, Hillary's going to be back. <laughs> Hang on one second, guys. Sound check over in the uh, stream. Uh, is the sound coming through for everyone? I'm seeing some message in there. The sound is off. You got, I hear good? you solid. I know you are, but people listening. <laughs> oh, sorry, man. I thought you meant <laughs> right. Oh, yeah. I was thinking the same thing. I was like, yeah, you're really loud and clear. <laughs> All right. So, someone, someone, uh, met, okay. You got it back now. I hear you. Okay, that's cool. The, right, that's the booze talking. Sorry. Yep, there we go. Okay, cool. All right. Just want to make sure. Crypto Cowboys that, in the house. Cowboys. Hey, how you guys doing? Hey, we're just going to yeah. Taco Tuesday, baby. Yeah, it's been fun. I've been, I've been watching a lot of the a lot of the headlines. Of course, I saw a video outside of uh, the Maricopa County, uh, you know, poll center. I don't know if you guys saw that. So it was, yeah. the, it was the reader machines that that were not reading that they had to clean and then yeah, ship out somewhere else because it couldn't read the the ballots. Right. What it was was uh, it's basically twenty. F- there was a machine that doesn't work, and then the ones that do are only quote-unquote 75% accurate. But don't worry. You can go ahead and manually fill out your uh, form, and they'll count it you know, downtown somewhere. Oh, It'll yeah. all but, be good. But but Sean Penn gave his Oscar to uh, President Zelensky. He did? Oh, jeez. Yes. Well, you know, <laughs> from one joke of an actor to another. <laughs> Indeed. Well said, sir. Uh, well, and I also saw Carrie Lake's uh, little video today where she, none of the voting machines in her district were working. So she went to a more liberal district in, in Maricopa County to go vote, and uh, they weren't having any problems at all. Um, for those of you who may not be familiar with uh, the layout of the state of Arizona, Maricopa County not just includes uh, the city of Phoenix, but it's pretty much the most populous county in, and and the, one of the largest counties in the whole state of Arizona. So when you hear things like Maricopa County, I mean, it's it's not just like, oh, yeah, that's a county of which Phoenix is part or whatever. It's like, no, it's <laughs> it's more than like two thirds of the population of the state. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Arizona really is. Uh, if the votes were counted properly, I believe it would be more of a libertarian stronghold. But but it seems to be the center of of, you know, problems it seems to be 
I don't know, kind of, I don't want to use the term bellwether, but all eyes were on Maricopa County in 2020, weren't they? Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, as I covered on one of my shows, um, I had, I had people on the ground, uh, that were part of the recount and yes, you did. I remember you a, telling me. Yeah. On another show about, you know, uh, some forensic, uh, cyber people and related that were involved in the recount and, Harfow down the rabbit hole went and why that company that did that work uh, filed for bankruptcy and most of its members now work for other firms because they uh, really raised a heck of a uh, hornet's nest with what they discovered. Arizona is a, is a difficult state. You know, I lived there uh, for a little bit and it's, it's such a huge transient state. Uh, you yeah. see a lot of people moving over from California, uh, Colorado, and it doesn't stay the same. Like it, it's, you know, even with my neighbors when I lived there for three years, I think they shifted out like two or three times with different houses and everything. The other thing you have to remember too, is that like whenever, when I was there and this is my new, this was probably 10 or 12 years ago. Uh, but there was data that was literally showing that, um, that because of the influx of, of Hispanics into that area, uh, that literally there would be more, uh, Hispanic males in the next projected next 20 to 25 years. And there would be Caucasian, there'd be white. So it's, it's Arizona's, it's, it's, it's a tough uh, barometer to get as far as what's going to happen. And then you factor in, you get a lot of uh, transient people moving in from California, you know, into Arizona. Um, so it's, it, to me, it's, it's just one of those things that, um, that it, I don't think it's going to, it's going to dictate. I think the economic factors are what's going to lead people to shift their, their, their votes to, um, Arizona by, you know, they have, uh, some, t a lot of technology there. I think there's some AMD is there, uh, a few others. And then they also have, um, you know, a few of the, um, they have the, the water system there. That's it. That's it's, it, it needs, it needs, it needs change. You know, they always, every right. year they always run into like, you know, water issues because they get from the, from the Colorado and it filters down and every year they have to shut down different water systems. So it's going to be very interesting, but I, I don't think, you know, is it Kelly? Mark Kelly? Is it is he the existing senator for, for Arizona? Yeah. Mark Kelly. Mark Kelly. You know, the he, astronaut. He, yeah, he carried that primarily, yeah, because he was an astronaut. You know, his 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 wife that was um, very tragically, you know, she was shot during that whole election thing. That was several mm -hmm. years ago. Yep. But I think I think there's a shift there that's occurring. And when I looked at the latest census poll from you know, with you know, Blake Masters gaining significant numbers on him that i i think that they're i think they'll pull that out i i see arizona flipping uh to red as far as their the senators this year you raise a very good point cj that most again unless you've lived in some of these states or or you know their their layout because of business reasons for traveling through there yeah arizona is a is a heavily service-based economy so when things are good in the United States, everybody wants to go there to go play golf or go, you know, take vacations and so on. When things are bad, uh, they always take it on the chin like a like a rust belt state losing a steel mill. Mm -hmm. So they're they're always at the at the mercy of those ebbs and flows. But, yeah, you've got a lot of of migration of folks, not just from California, but Oregon and Washington. Uh, that are moving into Arizona to to get, ironically, to get away from the high taxes and the bureaucracy of those states, so that they can try and bring that level of bureaucracy and high taxes to Arizona. <laughs> oh yeah, we uh, the wife and I were looking at Arizona when we escaped California, and uh, the water issue 
was one primary reason why we did not go there. Um, but uh, turns out all the things that you just said, we discovered later. We're glad that we made the choice we did. Yeah, the, the water issue, I remember that one going back to the 1980s. It used to be Colorado, Arizona, and California fighting over the Colorado River. And then uh, California um, paid a ton of money to the, the major uh, engineering uh, and program management firm, uh, Bechtel, uh, yeah. to build a number of desalination plants uh, outside Los Angeles, of course, because the universe has a sense of humor. Uh, at first, it provided L.A. the amount of water they needed, but L.A. continues to need uh, to need more. But mm -hmm. it, it pretty much left the battle to uh, Colorado and Nevada and, and Arizona over over the water. Um, you know, it's funny. I, I, I've been doing some work in California lately. Um, L.A. L.A. metro area has <laughs> has more people in it than some U.S. states. Uh, yeah. I mean, that's a it's an immense population need and as a number of us have been covering on our various shows i mean if if no harm no foul but if you're in a state that's west of the mississippi right now in the united states uh you got some serious water issues and for those of us east of it we're <laughs> we're doing pretty good and my farmers out here in the midwest are because i've been driving around of late uh are harvesting huge amounts of corn soybean everything else and have had really good uh returns this year from uh, what they were growing hey illinois so, remains blue what are the odds yeah we're up in uh, idaho so uh one of the things up here first of all we do have a good amount of water supposedly there was a shortage of water but uh, i mean not that far from where i live you can dig down whenever they do construction on a new housing track or anything like that you're going to see these little artificial lakes in there and that's because the water table is so high when they're doing their excavation and they're building the pads and they're taking the dirt from one area, all that area fills in with water. So, right. you know, we, we have a lot of farmers here that even after the irrigation is shut off um, from the main source um, of the, the Boise uh, dam, they, they still, they have wells punched and they can just continue to water. So we're, we're good here, but yeah, the, the water, you know, Los Angeles, we, we moved out of that area. Oh, gosh, I think the LA basins, at least 10 million people, if not, more if not multiples of that and it's just yeah i i don't know i don't want to digress too far from the election conversation but let's just say taco that, tuesday taco tuesday yeah yeah let's just say your vote doesn't count over there that's for sure <clears throat> well but it 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 matters uh because you know a lot of these races we we hear uh uh the anger of the the voting public and i was amused by i'm sure you guys saw that the um uh, Matthew, in honor of, of you joining us from the Great White North, uh, the uh, American MSNBC network was bemoaning the fact that of the top issues that most voters were talking about were you know things like their pocketbook relating to inflation, costs, violence, et cetera. And one of the commentators made a comment about, uh, you know, you know what's what's sad is is the one topic no one's talking about is democracy. democracy. Yeah. And, and all I could think of was, you mean <laughs> like the elections we're having right now, which is a sign of democracy? <laughs> God. <laughs> no, it's such a meaningless word coming out of these people's mouths, eh? Like it, it, it it's it's the it's the most mushy mushy, especially considering what has been done in the name of democracy around the world and to the American people itself over the over the past decades, um, as if everybody <laughs> voted to uh, to take part in MK Ultra or Project Mockingbird 
<laughs> or any right. other <laughs> project done democratically to their own people. <clears throat> well, guys, uh, just want to have a moment of silence here uh, for this this uh, cheap <laughs> imitation <laughs> knockoff white Obama slash Juan Guaido wannabe. Juan Guaido. He's the Juan Guaido of America, the one and only Beto O'Rourke, a man that is so deeply and broadly hated in Texas, just got smoked by Governor Greg Abbott, who absolutely massacred him uh, with 44% of the votes still coming in, 53 to 45. It's it's, it's a massacre. It's, it's, it's a slaughter. Beto's a poster child of, of, of a loser. Uh, the Democrats have been running him, and on Taco Tuesday... Beto has failed to deliver the goods. And it's also interesting because the other loser who always runs and is a, is a loser, once, twice, three times loser, is the one and only Stacey Abrams, who's running against the Republican governor, Brian Kemp. And tonight, Brian Kemp is absolutely smashing and destroying the bloated whale of a woman named Stacey Abrams by a margin of 52, almost 53% tacos to 46 tacos. For Brian Kemp. Incredible. Incredible. Bye-bye, Beto. We hardly even knew you. No, no, no. His time is not up. What I've heard with Beto is this, is that he has voluntarily said, I'll be happy to back up Juan Guaido in Venezuela. He probably would. Or Zelensky in Ukraine. So Beto is ready. That's a possibility. He's ready. Most likely Venezuela because he speaks fluent gringo Spanish. Spanish bite better than mine. <laughs> You're a disgrace, man. The only, I feel safe having this conversation as long as CJ's on the air with us. <laughs> <laughs> He's like the guy in the car where the cops will leave us alone because it's like, oh, wait, <laughs> CJ's uh, li- Latino. Right. It's okay. Exactly. It's cool. Exactly. Because if it was a problem, he'd say something. <laughs> yeah. And those numbers are, you're right, B. And because that, that was a, you know, one that was questionable at the beginning but we knew that in georgia let me bring up the governor race there so it's pretty obvious now what were the miami was... dade uh and, and this was a heavily democrat area the miami dade right and it was absolutely just yes. oh my god i was I just think... about to bring that bring that up a number of somebody posted on one of the um you know, the, the news aggregator websites, they're Citizen Free Press and related. They were posting a, a article showing um, I don't know what's name? the gal, the gal from MSNBC. Yeah, the gasps. Exactly. Yeah, here we uh, go. I'll play, I'll play 20 points, 20 points. I mean, that is he has biblical power now. Who, Ron DeSantis? Yes. Oh, my God. Yeah. We just yes, got, I'm told we just got Miami Dade. This is a big one in Florida. Let's take a look at. Okay, this we got the yeah. So let's put this in some perspective. Miami Dade is two and three quarter million people. In 2016, this was a Democratic county by 30 points. Hillary Clinton won this county by 30 points. Miami Dade is 70% Hispanic. It began shifting to the to the Republicans in 2020. Donald Trump only lost it by seven. And look at this in the mail in and early vote, which, again, tends to be more Democratic friendly. Marco Rubio, the Republican, is outright leading in Miami-Dade County by seven points over Val Demings, a Democratic challenger in the gubernatorial race. Uh, 
Interestingly, we don't have numbers from uh, Miami-Dade County. Oh, there they are. Because yeah, your they computers can't keep up was with that it. it? I was, no, I flipped up to Broward to try to reset it to see if it came in. <laughs> yeah, well, Brian, I mean, Brian you, Stetler's Brian Stetler sitting at home and his girdle just snapped. Can, can you imagine, though, being a U.S. governor with that much, or or Matthew, for, for your benefit, a, a uh, Canadian province uh, governor, I hope, governors, or do you have a different... Oh, the provincial governor? Provincial uh, we, governors. We, we have yeah. uh, premiers and premiers. lieutenant governors appointed by uh, Her Majesty to oversee the democracy. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. His now, magist- now, now Chuck's, at this point. Chuck, yeah, have, Chuck's, yeah. little, Chuck's little kingship. Discount. Um, <laughs> Chuck, but I mean, <laughs> to be uh, to be a U.S. governor and be looking at billions of dollars of net tax revenue coming in that you're that cash positive, and now you just had an election in your state where your party and other candidates of your party are winning in margins that no political scientist at the University of Michigan has ever, because that's our big school for political science study. No one at the University of Michigan has ever seen th- this kind of data before. I mean, the, <laughs> the, the what power. What is doing? Wow. That he had. Well, and this is why, back to our earlier comment, why I think Donald had to go take a shot in his direction, because it's like he he... In the American political system, it is a head scratcher of a fashion. I mean, it's like, how much mojo does? I mean, he's got like Huey Long, Louisiana, nineteen thirties power now. Oh my God! God did you only guys cover what he can do? Did you guys cover uh, how he kept the feds out of the yes, yes, yes poll stations before you joined okay. us? I mean, again, we're talking about how like DeSantis. I'm think thinking what DeSantis did. This is what makes him amazing, right? In the middle of the lockdowns, in the middle of all the co- of all the uh, the coup hysteria, right? He's the only one that said no. He's the only one that stood up not up to not only to the ire of Democrat governors and politicians, but also Republican ones, also European ones, also in Australian Sky News where they were like, "What is DeSantis doing?" You know, all the <laughs> way to New Zealand, the horse face killer with a ninety nine percent. Vaccine, uh, uh, you know, uh, vaccination rate over there in, in, in New Zealand were also throwing DeSantis. They're all gaining on it. And he stood his ground. His state comes out of this with a budget surplus in the billions, in the tens billions. of oh, it was a hundred, billions, right? Tens of billions, hundreds billions. of billions. Yeah, billions. And now he wins his state by over 20 points. If I was Donald Trump, I, 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 I mean, you're, you're having a, a nervous breakdown because when it comes to governing, and where it counts on beating these guys, I mean, man, I mean, if, 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 I mean, the ideal ticket would be Trump on international things, Ron on domestic things. You'd have a one-two punch, but I, 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 I mean, that would be a dream team ticket, but I don't know how this is going to go, fellas and, and Matt and Cowboy and CJ. <laughs> well, I, <clears throat> I think in, I think in part, like if you take a look at what Trump, did when his time in office uh let's remember that he brought forth a lot of the conflict with china through through his tariffs right so how beneficial was that to the united states let's also remember that he also uh removed the united states from the nuclear agreement with russia 
during that time period. Mm-hmm. Two mm-hmm. huge geopolitical mistakes, in, Big time. In, in my opinion. You're right. But let, let's also remember that that Trump championed Operation Warp Speed. Champ, you know Trump. He's the father. So, I'm the father of the vaccine, CJ. So, I'm and, the father and, of the vaccines. We did a tremendous job. I was very, very much on top of whatever Dr. Fauci was doing. I'm the father of the vaccines. So, so to me, so to me, Trump is a much greater threat to the United States than Biden. And why I I say that? Here's why I say that because you have to think through it, okay? Because under the disguise that Trump was better than Biden, that millions of people firmly believe, okay? And he was able to accomplish what I just stated under the disguise that he was the better person. Imagine what he's going to be able to do in two years because people are just going to be demanding a change away from Biden and what he can accomplish through that that probably may not be beneficial to our country. In other words, the disguise is the falsehood that change is coming, that change is going to be there. But when you look at history and they're able to overlook that, I just I just get it just is scary to think that he's the forerunner for the Republican Party in two years. And when you take a look at his record, there's really little of anything of significance there to stand by. Look look at his Look at his appointments. Look at his revolving door within his cabinet. You know, to me, and I've shared this numerous times, being in executive management, a revolving door of of people that you hire is a direct direct reflection upon management. A leader, a person who is a solid leader, appoints people to the right positions, mentors them, develops them, ensures their success not the constant revolving door that, that Trump had in his administration. He is not a good leader. He, he is a very poor leader, and people won't acknowledge that. And that's what no, disheartens me. That's that's what concerns yeah. me in 2024 is the disguise of bringing in someone with Trump like Trump. And he's the Trump card. He's the Trump card because he can fool a lot of people into thinking that meaningful change is going to happen, but nothing does. It's a disguise. No, he's he's I agree with you to to a degree. He's riding the um, psychological uh, data point of who's John Galt. Yeah. People support him because he has a strong identity. He knows how to market himself. I think when push comes to shove in two years, when the party puts, puts another candidate out there, it will be interesting to see who they can come up with. And right now, uh, the person with godlike power is, is running Florida. So yeah. I think if DeSantis has the right kind of backing, I mean, I, I so simply cannot believe the Cuban-American community is not going to back DeSantis. And he, listen, we got our boy Suarez running Miami, the city of Miami, which is a, a red city, clean, safe, completely turned around. Our boy Suarez is going to be next in line uh, for governorship in Florida. Yeah. Yeah. As far as to me, like with Trump, I don't look at him so monolithically. Um, One lens I think we have to view Trump through is going to have to do with the conditions he was having to, you know, under which he had to operate. 
So, you know, this operation warp speed, that's the biggest thing I take, you know, issue with. So I don't like, you know, that's, that to me is, that's a problem. I think foreign policy is a mixed bag. He's had, he has some great results with foreign policy. He upset it. I mean, Matt, you could, you could, you could bullet point that whole entire thing. Why don't you break that down, Matt? Because you did it so eloquently several times. What are some of the things that Trump did awesome that he did? He was that he well, you know, upset like, the I, global again, I, I I don't want to be accused of of the black and white game either, and I but I, no, I no, think I overall <clears throat> the way the way I tend to look at it is that we unlike, won't accuse you of being a QAnon person. Huh? <laughs> We want or, J- or you, you being JFK Jr. QAnon person. Because okay. I'm right. JFK Jr., right? <laughs> I don't know about the JFK Jr. Matthew Eric could possibly be JFK Jr., but go ahead, Matt. Well, yeah, okay, thank you. <laughs> well, the, the way I, I look at it is that, you know, unlike unlike a situation of like a management in your typical company or Starbucks or anything of the sort, when you're when you're dealing with a, a structure like uh, the United States or any country especially the United States, um, you got to take into consideration that in general, uh, your average company is not under attack by uh, forces of a death cult that have been working for generations to try to destroy it every single waking second and and not waking second every single day, all the time since they killed JFK. And it's like, you got this whole foreign entity at war with every single aspect of uh, anything legit within the United States. Um, So there's a bunch of like, things there that I have to take into consideration when I'm thinking like, well, what, what were the sorts of factors that somebody in a position um, like Trump had to negotiate with or deal with or navigate around while staying alive when you have this agency um, out to destroy the thing that you're supposed to be operating and managing? Um, I, I, I can infer, I, I can only infer, I, you know, there was definitely a fight. There was no way that was a, a completely controlled situation for the amount of times he had to like, fire so many people like Bolton or earlier um, <clears throat> Bannon and so many others um, along the way Kissinger he fought you know finally fired later on but I mean the guy had to negotiate with some crazy stuff that didn't get less powerful after it killed JFK and as far as China look I mean say what you will about his approach to China I, I mean definitely after after the whole you know pandemic thing was thrown onto us that that went to hell fast. But in the first three years, there was a lot of progress. And yeah. I mean, the, the so-called trade war, that benefited China and the United States equally. The approach that, that was being taken by that trade war, it was, I think, in, in some ways, a bone to satisfy some of the raving you know, anti-China maniacs inside <laughs> the United States. So there was like this aggressive language, but every single step of the way, um, China was like, they were moving step by step towards getting the US to finally... Uh, sign up to, you know, China buying nearly $400 billion of U.S. finished goods to rehabilitate the Rust Belt of Detroit and Philadelphia. Correct. Um, that would have been vital if the U.S. was actually going to rebuild its lost manufacturing sector. It needed the China growth um, sector to to justify and to provide that capital. So all these things were, were moving pretty well. And he was definitely also creating a lot of space for like the China's BRI internationally grew by like 60% under uh, Trump's leadership, where he was extracting the U.S. from a lot, and especially the NED, was defunded Mm -hmm. in Hong Kong, Taiwan's operations of the NED, Ukraine, all over the world. There was a huge defunding and lack of government support for these operations, which gave China a lot of space to negotiate with its allies and to expand its BRI. 
So I, there, there's a lot of other things. I mean, the, but definitely the the um, the warp speed thing was a big mess of a disaster. He did want to get the U.S. out of the World Health Organization, though. Um, yeah. He got oh, the U.S. out of the uh, Paris Climate Accord. That yeah, the climate, the climate accord, the World Health Organization, and and the other big one that's lurking out there. And again, it's a mixed bag. But uh, let's be candid: powerful, powerful people in countries wanted us to go to war with Iran, and he yes. kept us out of that. Oh yeah. So Definitely. I, I well, do also... not want any more John Bolton like foreign policy decisions. Please, oh, if we can cut back on that. Well, oh, Iran I mean, and, Trump... and North Korea, right? Both. Yes. Yep. Yes. Thank you, Matthew. Syria could have been a mess, but Trump essentially kept us out of that. Well, and he, he got the U.S. military to cooperate with the Russian military in Syria, and he kept the U.S. military to the south while the Russians were doing their their hammering of ISIS in the, in the north. And there was actually dialogue and, and uh, you know intel being shared between between the two, which uh, did not happen before or since. Yeah. So there's yeah, there's a lot of little things that just add up. I, so, yeah, it's a mixed bag overall. It's a it's a better situation than when we had under Obama, Bush, Clinton. It's not the same thing that you wouldn't spend all, all, wouldn't all spend of all of the candidates, of <laughs> all of the candidates yeah, of who have been supported and, and incubated uh, by uh, the Rhodes Foundation and the CIA. <laughs> exactly. And so when we get a candidate who's not a member of that cabal, well, they're a little quirky, uh, to put it. <laughs> yeah. Still, there, there's going to be, I think, a level of control that the establishment holds over Trump, especially well, I'd say domestic and foreign. Um, you know, I think he did what he could. I think he could use some of that. Uh, I don't know if the word panache is the right term, but the the moxie that uh, DeSantis has and, and an understanding of the levers of power. You know, I see DeSantis, uh, he SWAT teamed somebody who was, you know, some woman who was doing the wrong numbers as far as COVID. Department of Health. Yeah, they had a yeah, Florida so Department of Health. You know, I, I don't see Trump. You know, and this is the thing. Like, I understand. What do we always say? We keep it classy. You know, it's keep I it classy. You know, I hate to say it. Like <laughs> taking the high road in politics, that just doesn't work. And and what is I think that? that I don't even. I don't think. What there is, is the one. high road? Well, I, mean, I think the high road just... is to stay out of politics. Honestly. Yeah. Well, true. So if, yes. you know, but just in general, like to me, you know, even even the smallest things with him, like let's say one of us any one of us became the president of the United States, would we ever consider putting our son or a daughter or our son-in-law in a high level position within our cabinet? I would never consider family for any of that. I, I would differentiate the line and neither one of them had the credentials to do anything of that. I, I, I just wouldn't. I mean, I even Dean, when I was an executive, I wouldn't even hire a family member within my own territory that I operated. If a family member said, hey, I wanted to work for you, for your company, and I want to do that, I'd say, fine, but not in my market. You can go to a different market and a different place and 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 do something different. So, you know, to me, not a, just not a son or a daughter, something that that small was like, you know, just very telling in terms of of, of the decision making process that, that he had. Uh, the, well, the other, well yeah. there's a there's a reason also you got to understand is that he had a massive cabinet that he wanted to get approved. He couldn't get anybody approved through except, unfortunately, Jared Kushner and Ivanka. Well, those were and, appointments. They didn't have to be voted in. They would those. No, were they they'd have to. They, no, they they were. 
there were appointments and they had to pass background checks and all that other stuff. There were other appointees that he could not get through. That that you can look up. That if he could not get through, yeah, but there's there were other people, people, and that and that, and hence you know hence the problem is people want to excuse his behavior, like and not saying that you're doing that, B, but that's part of the problem also with you know someone like you know whenever now, I would Trump never put Kushner, every, Kushner, every, I can't everyone, stand. everyone always wants Kushner's to excuse dangerous. everything, every step of the way. Everyone wanted to make an excuse of what Trump's actions were. He put Bolton in. Well, he went, put Bolton in because he knew he needed to keep his enemies close. That's why he. Put yeah, that was point, the dumbest Bolton thing ever. It's like he put he Bolton in. We, we, we were I mean, both like, "Oh my God, it's the maniacal mustache. He's back." So, so I have no problem. Like, if Trump gets back in office, but to me, like, voting is part of the process. But the 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 real question lies is when we vote, what are we going to do to hold those individuals accountable once they get in office? That's that's the question that we have to ask. What are we going to do to hold those individuals accountable to ensure that those beliefs to me, the only reason one of the major reasons I supported Trump during that time period was because he said that I'm going to ask uh, RFK Jr. to to have a, a vaccine safety commission. And I'm, I've asked him to do this. RFK Jr. acknowledged that Trump asked him to do this. Trump went and met with Bill Gates and Bill Gates said, no, you don't you don't want to have RFK Jr. do that. We don't want to research vaccines. Not that the right thing to do. So Trump didn't do it. So Gates I mean, said it was a dead end. That was his words to right. Trump. Yeah, he Bill said Gates. that's a dead end. Right. So, you know, so again, I mean, just just those numerous things that like, you know, just compelled and and people wanted to excuse it con consistently throughout the entire time period of his his uh, his his presidency, presidency. Every step of the way was, you know, was excuse even up to Bill Barr. Like when when he put Bill Barr in, like of all people, and looking at the history of Bill Barr, we knew Bill Barr was pointed uh, placed in there to protect the deep state. We knew Bill Barr wasn't going to do anything. And and what happened to that moment? So it's just decision after decision after the decision that people wanted to just excuse. And, and I, and I don't, I don't accept that. That's just not who I am as an individual. There's a, there's a line in the sand that I cross and I'm not going to be willing to make those, those excuses for, for a person. I don't care who you, it is. You've said it could it, be my mom. Said, it could be my dad. I wouldn't, I wouldn't excuse that. You, you've said it yourself, CG on many, many shows, which is that it's at the local level. It has to, Get it. to, to float upward because you know, let's be honest. He, okay, the, the Donald was an outsider. He got in. He pissed off a lot of powerful people, to, to paraphrase uh, O'Donnell. You know, he has the right enemies. But in the final analysis, um, he, he's a business person. He looks where there's opportunities. I think, you know, there was a joke in certain communities that said uh, in, in Miami, Florida for years, if you really want to get Fidel Castro out of, out of, out of uh, Havana, uh, just offer him a book deal in a place in the south of France, and he'll be out in a week. Um, it's, it's it's kind of the same thing with with Donald. Uh, if you if you give him the um, what's what I'm looking for, if you give him the the adrenaline rush he wants from being a kingmaker for certain elections and being the lightning rod for the party, great. But he cannot run as president again. He can't. Um, and that's just my own personal two coins in the pond. There were a lot of things that happened in this administration. We know that. But but I've always agreed with your position that it's the local level. It's the pressure from the states going up. And it, it goes back to what I was talking about a moment ago. 
I mean, think of the amount of brutal force DeSantis can now. I mean, could you elaborate on that for us, uh, Velas? Well, where I was going with this is, is, and I know, I know, our, our friend Bill would have an input on what I'm about to say, but you know, you stopped the Justice Department at the border. Now, legal, illegal, I'm not going to get into that. I, I leave it to lawyers who are who know their craft. But it's like you now have, <laughs> I'll channel my inner Gus, you have what our friends on the other side have had in New York State and other states for years with godlike authority. And now you have someone who supports our viewpoints in Florida with that yeah. kind of power. I mean, he can he can literally threaten the federal government at this point or blackmail the federal government to get what he wants. Not to mention the fact the guy's in a state that has a huge amount of cargo going through it. Um, you know, I don't mean to be indelicate because each state in this country to me is important in its own way, but there are certain realities that Kansas just can't bring the heat in Washington the way Florida can. Mm. Um, you have immense money in Florida. You have a very loyal and wealthy group of folks that are allied with the state of Israel living in Florida. We have the Cuban community living in Florida. We have immense numbers of Americans who've moved to Florida and looked around and said, holy God, why didn't we get out of our blue state earlier? Yeah. I mean, he has the numbers, he has the tax base, he has the revenue. <clears throat> you know, I, I'm not saying this for hyperbole. He truly does have godlike power now at his disposal. And I do have to wonder, um, what some of his advisors might be advising him to do. I mean, if this was certain governors, I recall back in the 1980s, for instance, uh, there was a certain governor from the state of Ohio who just went to Japan and negotiated with Honda and said, I'm not waiting for the U.S. Trade Bureau to talk to you. And a whole bunch of U.S. states got really pissed off, but that's Honda, huge, man. Honda, Honda is still in the state of is still in the state of Ohio. That's uh, right. And, and they make the several Honda and Acura models in that Ohio factory. Well, and the same thing with with uh, BMW and Mercedes in certain yep. southern states, South Carolina. You know. So, so what happens when a guy like DeSantis like starts talking directly to China and Russia, or Russia? Ooh. What happens if he starts talking directly to? <laughs> let's just let's go crazy. Uh, what happens if he starts talking directly to the World Economic Forum, saying yeah. you're you're in my my target scope now because you're you're negatively impacting the people in my state. Now, That's if he huge. was just a, a center right. Uh, a leader who did pretty good in the last election, but I mean, dear God, he's, he, you know, and again, I know you and I spar at times V about the movie patent. That's different than the actual general patent, but sure. it's that, that scene again, where I have precisely the right instrument at precisely the right moment in history that, that all of Germany is mine for the taking. And all I need is 500,000 gallons of gas. Well, that's DeSantis right now. <laughs> and he's got 500,000 gallons of gas. <laughs> oh, he's, he, he's got all the gas he needs. So, I mean, it's like, yeah, he has, I mean, the governor of Florida at this moment in the political history of the United States has at his disposal the power, the resources, the money, the political capital, the influence, and if necessary, the, the bullying ability to do things that no one in the political right or center right world Amazing. has been able to do since Ronald Reagan. It's an act now, of God, is that, Wow. Is that limited to, you know, if he's confined to being the governor, I just, I get the feeling if he moves up to the national level, then he will not have such sharp teeth. 
I think he, well, yeah, but, uh, I mean, V just said it a moment ago, if the right person takes over as governor for Florida and they can continue to maintain his base of operations there, I mean, again, not to get in, well, not to get into a debate on this crypto, but let's look at, uh, uh, two Bush family members in the white house and who pretty much are running a lock on the state of Texas. I mean, there's, Mm -hmm. there's a similar dynamic and, you know, much as, as V often points out on the shows about the, the dangers of an economy based on not having uh, manufactured goods and solid things that you're producing rather than, than intellectual outputs. Um, you know, what oil was to Texas, finance is to Florida. I mean, let's, mm. I've mentioned on my shows a couple of times, I've got a number of friends of mine who do a lot of things yeah. in Florida. You're talking about Venezuela's money that got out before they locked it down. You're talking about Colombia's money. money. Yeah, Columbia's I just covered money. this. I just covered this on a show a week or two ago. Nicaragua's got, money. They they've got everybody's money rolling through that state and money talks. And if if like in the economy right now with with you know, we've got massive layoffs in the IT industry which is near and dear to my heart, but ever any of us in the industry who knew what was going on in California, we've been advising our colleagues for the past two years, get out of the industries you're working, unless it's a small business, but get away from the big Silicon Valley firms. They're going to lay literally everyone off. And this is why Twitter Facebook, has been a slaughter. Meta has been a slaughter. Meta lost damn near a trillion dollars, man. But what happens when Florida starts investing money in a down economy? Again, this is Ooh. the favors that he can buy. That chills. Yeah. I got you. I need another. I got I'm, I'm a. There. I gotta go get another drink. I'll be right. Back. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that's yeah. That's that, I need the fellas as insiders, and it's many decades of working in government and in many, many, many aspects of government. I mean, this is the guy who would know. I mean that that is that is quite a bully pulpit that DeSantis has, and this is what I'm saying. It's like this is the guy. He's shown the country how to govern. He's shown the country how to govern. And I love it. He knows how to fight. He knows how to fight. Incredible. So, Siege, what is the latest update on the map right now, the election results? Well, it looks like the polls uh, just uh, closed out west. Uh, so it's uh, lo- low numbers rolling in so far. But, you know, obviously we're seeing the the tabulation so far. It's only like 3,000 votes total. Uh, but that, oh, and there we go. The numbers just jumped up again. So it looks like. Masters is up on on Kelly on early uh, voting voting, but it's still it's still early. Okay. I'm still hearing early. that uh, I'm hearing that Fetterman trounced Oz. Is that is that the case as far as the no? It's, well, it's the in PA. It's right uh, it's only um. Let me see PA right now. Because I figure we have a dementia patient as a it's president. Thirty eight percent reported stroke victim for you know. Oz Pennsylvania. just jumped from seven percent to forty seven percent. Oh, all at once. That's all amazing. at once. Well, because they were not counting, they were not reporting. They, you know, hmm. it's only thirty-eight percent reporting as of now. When we checked it, when this broadcast started at nine p.m., it was only eight percent reporting. So, PA is dragging their feet on the count. Oh, I thought it was uh, somebody just showed up with a bunch of Tupperware full of, uh, you know, does <laughs> anyone ballots like all at once? Ta- tacos, tacos. <laughs> Does anyone know oh, what tacos. states require runoff, uh, like on the percentages? Is I know it's runoff or just election runoff. No, no, I, I know that they were talking about it earlier on. Um, was it C-SPAN no, or somewhere CJ, that you're... George? 
Yeah, you're correct. There's a couple of U.S. states that if it's too close, there has to be a runoff election. But I, can't, I think Georgia. I, I think Georgia is one of them, right? Like Georgia, that they were talking about, like they anticipate a runoff uh, with Walker and the other dude that's uh, in Georgia. That they anticipate that already. And then Fetterman has filed lawsuits uh, in regards to those um, uh, early um, uh, absentee voting um, that were that were received that were unmarked or something like that. He 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 adamantly believes that everyone's entitled to their vote regardless of who it is, <laughs> or whether they're alive or dead. <laughs> well, yeah. So he's already he's yeah. So so they already have attorneys waiting uh, to file suit in in those states where it's going to be like really close and. So I think for that reason, they're saying that, hey, you know what, they're, they're going to have to do due diligence on that part. And we may see a little bit in delay uh, in the numbers, but unless it's it's unless it's 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 too far reaching. Um, but I think that like if you look at PA, for example, it's only 41 percent. There's still a lot of a lot of votes to count there. Um, and the number swing was huge. It was like 10 percent less than like 25 minutes for Oz. Yeah. Yeah. I think. um Who's the Wizard of Oz over there? It's... Just magically, you know, don't you look okay, behind Drew? the curtain. That, that would be the boy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so we're yeah, at uh, uh I, 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 so this is what it's going to look like. I think, uh, all right, guys, let's. You're taking CJ. You're taking. We'll go down the line. CJ, Matt, Vela's cowboy. Siege. What's your call I... for the Senate? And for the House, are we looking at Democrats holding the Senate? I think no. I, I think it's I think it's a it's a it's a it's a it's a red wave. I think the the Republicans take the House uh, and the Senate. I, wow. I, you know whether whether it's it's tonight or or the next week or two out. I think the sentiment that's there, uh, the Democrats played their hand. They they thought the issues were going to be uh the the the, the environment. They thought the issues were going to be uh, trans rights. Re- Bro, bro versus Wade, and it it it's what what um who was Bill Clinton's uh, the raging Cajun who was probably the smartest politician James Carville James yes. Carville was probably the smartest political person that ever has ever lived. It, it, it's the economy, stupid. It's it and and people are living and seeing and breathing the the inflation that's occurring. Many people are, are, are awake to this, and and they understand that there's no plans that the Democrats have no plan to counter. The inflation early on when energy prices were starting to 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 rise and they were giving excuses saying that there is very little of anything that an administration can do to to reduce energy prices in our country. That was very telling. Like most people saw right through that. They're like, wait a minute. Gas was two dollars and forty nine cents a gallon less than a year and a half, two years ago. And now we're we're, we're spiking at four ninety nine, five dollars a gallon. So. So people vote their wallets, and that's I think that's going to be the the message across the states that, uh, and that's that's why they're going to refuse this uh, this this democratic agenda that that's unfolding. Bill P says goodbye, Beto. Don't let the door hit you in the ass, Bill P. Thank you for that super chat. Thank you so much, Bill P. Matthew Errett, your take, sir. Is it the red wave or the blue steel? Well, again, as, as a uh, as a foreigner looking in from the outside, from a a place that that's run in an even crazier manner than than the uh, beleaguered republic, I don't know how qualified I am to speak, but I'll I'll share a thought <laughs> or two. Um, I, I guess you know, like it, it it is difficult to read it in the sense that 
in normal times, I would be immensely confident that it would be a red wave, obviously. I, you know, um, and by normal times, I use that word, the word has gotten quite abused, but I would just say, you know, in, in the context of an imagined relatively honest election, um, yeah. That being said, my cynicism has to take a little bit of a backside because I, or a backseat, because the same measure, while we, we have been getting messaging, obviously, from a lot of the Politico, you know, was, was publishing things yesterday and today saying things like, you know, the 2020 elections, people said were, had, had machines, taco, taco machines that were, that were hacked, which is absurd and completely disproven, but that doesn't mean it isn't going to happen this time. And, you know, just putting out little, little shapers of the zeitgeist, right? Preparing people's minds that it might take, you won't find out for another eight, nine days. And you might think that it was a red wave, but just wait and you'll get the right answer. You know, like strange language being used. So there's all this messaging implying that something maybe a little more dishonest is underway as we know there is, obviously there must be. Um, We know the nature of the beast. But then when I was looking at like a lot of the, even CNN, MSNBC coverage, there was one, I think it was a post on Zero Hedge a few hours ago I was looking at, and they just had a bunch of snippets from different um, talking head, liberal, you know, liars from the mainstream media talking about the elections and how, like one one CNN bit had a bunch of experts on talking about just how how much, and these are, they're representing the, the liberal agenda, right? But they're just saying like, we completely misjudge this and where they're looking at the polls uh, regarding people's concerns. And they're like, inflation is 32% of people's like 32% of the, of the people polled said that inflation is the, the top uh, issue for them. And then abortion was 27% and crime and gun issues was like right below that. But they're like, we put, we put 10 times more investments into, um, messaging dealing with, um, abortion and we completely missed inflation. And they were able to admit how how much that they they themselves screwed up, and they they were misreading the fact that three quarters of the voters had that were polled across. I don't know what their dat- data sets were, their samples. All uh, saw that the economy was in was in a bad shape. Eighty uh, percent of voters said they were facing hardship because of inflation. A lot of that, like sixty percent, was like really bad. So I mean, th- there's a, an obvious um, admission, even on the part of the promoters of this um democratic um ideology that um that they screwed up they misread the situation they didn't realize that that it is the economy stupid that that really is what it what people care about they don't care about ukraine they don't care about uh issues of you know uh, <laughs> whether you, whether your your child should have a right to have their their genitals like surgically removed uh, based on their feelings um, that they're told to, to, to have according to whatever, anyway, like they, they totally misread, you know, the, their constituents. So I would like to think that no amount of fraud, taco fraud could possibly result in, uh, overturning that type of momentum. I, I really hope so. Um, so I would like to say that God willing <laughs> that, uh, that the governorships in the, in the house and the Senate are, are going to go red here. I, I really do hope so. 
And then we can have another discussion about, you know, well, foreign policy is still a disaster for so many years. Yes, there's, there's a lot of work that needs to be done after this mess, for sure. Yeah, this is definitely the, 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 the preferred option in a sense that I think the consensus amongst the majority of the, those, those wearing the red caps right now are to avoid war, World War III with Russia, which is the most pressing uh, existential threat at the moment. On the, on the other matters of war with China and other things, well, there's there's a lot of folly there. So, yeah, that, that'll have to be dealt with, and, and that fight can happen and discussion can happen afterwards. Velas, are we looking at the red wave or the blue steel? I'm looking Please at it from steel. a slightly different perspective. Uh, and as always, I appreciate Matthew's input, and you're more than qualified, sir, because you're an analyst of the political environment globally, not just the United States. So I tipping, tipping my drink in your general direction, sir, as I sit here on, on this side of the, of, of the monitor, um, to, to paraphrase something Matthew just said, political, political analysts always want to view the world in terms of ideology. Voters will vote based on what impacts them personally. There's an old joke in political science that says that when things are going well, people can be esoteric about what our foreign policy should be and similar. But when gasoline is four or five dollars a gallon or you may not have fuel, uh, then suddenly the, the ideology goes right out the window. I'm fixated on two primary data points right now, and one of which goes back to the show I had with UV and CJ on Friday. I want to see the voter turnout numbers. Because yeah. as I discussed on that show, I'm, I'm tinkering with an idea that we may have had a high enough turnout during a midterm, for God's sakes, not even the, the primary main every four-year voting window here in the United States, but one of our midterms. We may have had high enough numbers we were able to overwhelm the algos. We'll, we'll see. Um, the second is uh, I want to see more data to understand, are we witnessing also continued balkanization in the United States? Yes. Uh, some of the results a la Florida. I think Florida is, is an excellent example, but it doesn't prove the theory. Um, are blue states becoming more blue and red states becoming more red? Um, what happens in a, you know, uh, Matthew and I, this is kind of more our area, I guess, uh, studying uh, uh, European history and, and two, 3,000 years of human history, uh, the Balkans, you know, uh, the, the famous statement by Winston Churchill about, uh, should the Cold War ever come to an end? Uh, my only concern is, is that uh, the lack of control by the Soviet Union over the Balkans will release those countries to fulfill their their eternal destiny to bring all life on this planet to an end, uh, because the Balkans are always going to be the source of conflict. So I'm I'm very keen on looking at more of the data as you know the leaves settle here, and we've got a number of races that may or may not turn out the way we think they will. To Matthew's point. Uh, I think it will go strongly uh, in the direction of, of the red wave. But again, uh, it's all in the numbers and it's all in the data. What does that really mean? How many key races were actually won by what percentage? I think the single most important thing so far as of 1020 Eastern time uh, here on the 8th of November, 2022, uh, we, the, one of the most pressing sea changes I've ever seen in my entire life in academia and working in government just took place in Florida. Yeah, uh, God, godlike power has been placed into somebody's hands. It will be interesting now to see what happens to it. I yield the floor, Cowboy. Okay. Yeah, are we looking I'm, at uh, the red wave or the blue steel on Taco Night? Well, you know, <laughs> let's think about how <laughs> chunk yogurt. What happened to chunk let's... yogurt? 
<laughs> he's out the Young Turks right now. Yeah, yeah. Went out in LA. The Young Turks, the leader of the Young Turks, says we're off the air right now because the power went out in LA. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'm so glad I left that place. I missed the food, oh, though. Oh, my God. Oh, Sorry, I, I said it. to add that. Now, See, the food in L.A. is one of, one of the best things there. But the problem with the food in L.A. is that now it's all raw because they don't have any energy to cook it. No. Mm-hmm. So, so uh, what would... do I see? Yeah. I, I kind of see uh, – I do see uh, – I see a, a surgence of red. Um, you know, I, I'm kind of holding back because of the chicanery that went on in 2020, you know, as people went to bed, you know, Trump was well ahead. And then all of a sudden, a bunch of tacos got delivered from Taco Bell, like millions right. of them all at the same time overnight. It's the fourth meal, you know, baby, so, 3 a.m. Yeah, taco smell, dude, you know. So they had to deliver with uh, with a few reams of toilet paper. But, you know, basically... I'm just not uh, ask me in a week, you know, I do think that a lot more people are aware of the potential for rotten tacos, tacos not being handled properly as they're, as they're being uh, counted. Um, So I do think that the microscope is kind of a little stronger right now. On the process, I think a lot of people are suspicious. So I do think a lot less of uh, rotten tacos will be possible. But I do think in your, you know, blue strongholds, they don't really care what the people think. And a lot of people there are actually all for it. So no one's going to hold their people accountable and you're, you're going to have rotten tacos. So over to me, you know, daddy. Yeah, that's <laughs> they love it. They, this, they love that stuff. Um, so I, again, and, and I've, I've always been on... Uh, on the same side of things as CJ when it comes to, you know, local concerns. Right. Um, in the end, I think we have some, I mean, we talk about this all the time. Um, I've got a, a good show coming up on Thursday with regard to um, the, the way that the international banking system works. We've been kind of going through a lot of deeper stuff in the last few shows. Sweet. And, you know, I, I do expect for the monetary system to make a big turn by 2030. We know there's agenda 2030 out there. And I think when that happens, um, is it going to be the Brown uh, particles hitting the rotating object? I I don't, I don't know if it's going to be, you know, quite that bad. Um, I I don't think we're going to, you know, I don't, I don't expect for all of a sudden there's no food and people are killing each other over, you know, cans of tuna or whatever. Um, I do think that here we might experience uh, at least a few years where, you know, instead of buying new shoes for your kids, you just cut holes in the front, you know, so that their feet can stick out of it because you don't have enough money for shoes for a while. I think it's I think people are going to tighten their belts. Um, I'm expecting the United States to reindustrialize at some point. Hopefully it's not reindustrialization. You know, I don't want to get too far into the, what I, I think we're going to see a major turn. And I think the most important thing we can do to protect ourselves is to focus on what's happening locally. So yeah, sure. We can look at what's happening tonight as the same thing that we saw in the earlier taco deliveries before midnight in 2020, when you saw a lot of red happening, but when we wake up tomorrow and everything, all the tacos get counted over the next week, you know, we might not see quite the red wave that we expected. So Absolutely. that's that's what I'm 
you know, I, like the thing with Oz, you know, that's a perfect example. I see a lot of Oz tacos happening, like in mm. key areas. That's what I see. Yeah. Well, my take is this. You know, there's a lot I've been talking about over the last year. If uh, if you guys have been uh, tuning in to the show and there's a lot I've talked about, especially on Thursday shows, whenever Cowboy and I rap together this Thursday, I want to touch a few things because a couple of things that I've talked about months ago in, re in regards to private equity, in regards of what they want to do, I see it uh, portraying itself on this election map tonight on Taco Tuesday. What, and depending on how things play out, do I think it's going to be the red wave or the blue steel? I, I, I said this a long time ago. I said the, the private equity is pretty much done with blue. They don't want the blue tacos anymore. They want red. They want fuego. They want the fire. They want the heat. They want to stabilize things. Because one thing that private equity does not like <laughs> is chaos. Equity loves stability. Markets love stability. And we're not in a situation right now, economically speaking, where we can discuss like fundamentals and, and, and markets are concerned about fundamentals. We left the world of fundamentals a long time ago. We're in the uncharted territory of perception. And the most important perception right now is we need stability. There's a reason why Jake the Flake Sullivan was reaching out to Zelensky and telling him, listen, start calling up Vlad and let's get some sort of a peace negotiation process started. We need an off-ramp, okay? There's a reason for that. There's a reason why he, he reached out to Sergei Shoigu and, 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 and started communications with that. Why? Not because somebody from the Biden White House tapped Jake the Flake Sullivan and told him to do so, but because there are private interests that want to see this thing squashed. You, the story of Ukraine, okay, you got to understand what happened to the Democrats. Before this year is out, before 2022 is out, they have lost both Kabul. And one thing that I've predi predicted that they will lose is what? Kiev. They will lose Kiev. Ukraine is going to be something that is that is a story of, of between that, that ran around uh, since 2014 and hit its crescendo in 2022. It is not going to be the main talking point in 2023. Even Alexander Mercurius, our good buddies over there at the Duran, has talked about that as well. And I agree with him. That's my data is reflecting the same thing. Now, the, how, the, how this whole thing plays out is going to be very interesting. And I think on Thursday's show, we always do a financial and market show with me and Cowboy. I want to get into that. Chances are there's going to be some stuff that he's going to say that he never briefed me or talked to me about. And there's going to be stuff I'm going to say that I never talked to him about. And it's just going to gel. And it's weird how that happens. So yeah, every time we don't, we don't talk before the show. No, we don't. We don't. It's not it's about wild. that. We talk about BMWs, yep. weightlifting, yep. <laughs> toxic masculinity. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, it's like we come together for the show and boom, you know? So, yeah, the, the Ukraine <coughs> thing. And, and I think that one thing about Ukraine is that this has been, among many things, an excuse to get rid of old weaponry that is outdated. Yep. And it's been a money laundry scheme. And I think 100%. I think the latter oh, more so yeah. than the former. And I don't think it's been much else. Exactly. So it's going to be interesting. So tonight, folks, I think our consensus for all of us is going to be a red wave. And I think for the Senate, I, I think the Republicans will take the Senate by a very small margin. The House is definitely a sweep. And I think we picked up a lot more seats in the governorship as well. So we'll see how it happens when we wake up tomorrow morning. 
Other than that, I have nothing else to say. Siege, do you have anything else to add? Or you want to you want to call it a night, or you want to keep broadcast because I gotta hop off. <clears throat> no, I, call, I think. Well, no, no, no. I mean, yeah, we probably we probably should, but like, I think in terms of uh, <laughs> we one thing that we have to consider is once the uh, once the dust settles and we understand what's going to happen with the the House, the Senate is to is to look at legislation going forward, and I think that's the million dollar question that. The Republicans, the neocons have said, hey, you know what? We want to rethink the funds rolling into Ukraine. If we see a pivot from that, if we see that, hey, you know what? Maybe we need to continue spending that that money. And and why I've always said that, like this election cycle, to me, I have been the most disconnected from it. I a lot of people are saying this is the most important election of our of our lifetime. I don't I don't think so. I I, I really don't. Because. I, I think this is the least important election of our of our cycle. And why I say that is because fundamentally the world is changing with or without the United States. And neither yeah. Republicans or Democrats have the adults nor the understanding of what that change means. We don't understand it. We don't understand how we need to evolve to the multipolar world. We're still looking at things from the scope of, of Western hegemony we're still looking at those things so that doesn't change systematically that doesn't change you cannot tell me this election cycle that herschel walker is going to get up there and be able to intellectually tell you what's happening geopolitically and to encourage congress and senate to change course of what's happening that we need to realign we need to get involved with china or russia what's going to happen is 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 a is, is an illusion. What they're going to get up there and what they've already campaigned promises on is that, that they're going to impeach Joe Biden. I don't want that. As an American, I don't want that. I don't want our time and resources spent on impeaching a dude that's like incoherent, <laughs> that wears a depend, that shits himself probably. <laughs> I don't want that. I'm better than that. I'm much smarter than that. Don't don't feed me that bullshit. I don't care that the rest of Americans are that dumb that we're going to impeach Joe Biden. We're going to spend the next two years. <laughs> I don't want that. I want to hear tangible things legislatively that we're going to put in place to begin the rehabilitation process of getting America back in tune with the rest of the world of what that's going to look like. What are we going to do systematically to, to repair the relationships. And if we don't see that within the first year, then shame on us. Shame on us because we believed in this process of, of democracy that we can have election cycles that are going to bring forth, bring forth meaningful change. And at the end of the day, if it doesn't, then we're already in place and you're going to hear it first on Rogue that this election cycle is a waste of time because we still don't have adults that have entered the room to bring the change that the United States needs. Well said, CJ. Yeah, no, I, I think that, that that is the most important point of principle uh, that really is. I mean, history is moving forward. You know, as they say, some uh, there's there's that uh, that quote. Do I remember it now? Um, no, I don't. Of course I don't. But 
point is history is moving forward and you have right now certain obligations if we are going to avoid a dark age. And I would say culturally in so many conditions, like all, many preconditions are already in place for, unfortunately, a cultural dark age to happen. I don't think we, we've we incrementally self-mutilated ourselves over several generations consistently or we've allowed ourselves to self-mutilate um, both internally as well as from the outside to the point that we've lost the the capability of morally passing on the the necessary cultural traditions needed to replicate our society into the future. I mean, the younger generations, I'm horrified, and I think we all are, when we think about the types of value systems that have been put into the heads and hearts of kids in, the, in their 20s and younger right now. Um, they have, they who are like, they have no memory of a world before 9-11. And it's, it's a bit startling to just see how soft and malleable um, this, this, uh, generation is. So, I mean, if we can't get it right now at a, at a time when the system is, I mean, I, I wrote an article a week after this whole thing was happened, you know, in, uh, in January, 2020. Um, <clears throat> and, uh, and, you know, the point I tried to make is that the, the oncoming systemic collapse is not going to be caused by, uh, uh, the word I'm not allowed to say, um, <clears throat> without getting the video taken down. <laughs> and, and it's like you could objectively know bef long before this thing happened that the system was going to blow out anyway. There was no foundation to sustain this thing indefinitely. It was designed to blow. It's a time bomb. It's, it was we don't ha we didn't we I wasn't born into an, a, an economy. Mo none of us here were born into a, a viable economy. We were born into a bubble time bomb that was set to detonate at a certain time. And there's a certain amount of variability because you know, free will is influenced by this thing. So it's influenced by free will to a certain degree, but there are physical, you know, forces of nature also at play, just like when a bubble pops. So that that's something that the higher level grand strategists um, have been thinking about and better people who are also thinking on a, on a level of grand strategy we're thinking about and are thinking about, and especially in Eurasia, you know, they, these are, these are led currently by figures who are in tune with that reality of the, of the inevitability of that systemic collapse. And I've studied Weimar hyperinflation. I've looked at different collapse uh, points that were completely avoidable, but that we, we allowed ourselves to walk into and get smothered by. And a lot of death happens. It's trauma, it's, it's shock, it's death, a lot of injustice. And I mean, that's gonna come on to the West that's been very comfortable for a long time. And unless we can take part, like you said, CJ, into discussions of policy and reality, dealing with what the new security financial architecture will inevitably have to be. Um, we're really going to get what we deserve in that sense, as, as tragic and painful as that will be. The people get, you know, the leadership they deserve. So, yeah, I mean. 100%. Gentlemen, I want to thank all you guys for coming on tonight and watching Taco Tuesday right here in the United States. <laughs> As Americans go to the polls and vote, do they like cool blue ranch or do they like fiery red carnitas? We'll know tomorrow, folks. And CJ's holding a can of blurry Pringles to this camera. I, know, I hate to admit it. What are you People doing, ask me what I was I'm starved. I know. They're not good for you. It's all good. It's all good. It's all good. Thank you all for listening in. Tomorrow, do we have Gus? Is he going to call from Italy? Is Gus... Gus going to call us from Italy or what, Siege? I think he is. As long as he's not on a flight, I think we should okay. be good. No, no, he's not on a flight, man. He's taking bullet trains everywhere. He's coming back on the 20th. Oh, Can you believe that? Dear November Lord. 20th, if That's he's not... coming back. 
He's officially turned his vacation into a holiday, European style. He really v- is. V, weren't you going to have our doctor friend tomorrow, or is that? Oh yes, 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 yes. That's what we need to have. We need, we're having our doctor buddy tomorrow at eleven. CJ, I don't know if if I looped you in on that. You did, V. I did. <laughs> well, I just looped you in right now. Yes, he's going to be. You were on. just looped. This just is the now, loop right here. We're good. Yeah, this is our guy who uh, sued the state of Virginia on the jibby jab uh, issue and and won. Huge, nice. huge, huge, huge stuff. So we'll, we'll have setting precedent then, huh? Yep, major president. He he made the state of Virginia recognize that spike protein in the jibby jab is a toxic ingredient, and that is huge. Well, yeah, we got to lock on to that because that it was that done at a federal level. No, he sued the state, didn't he? State, yes, state level. But it, but it now becomes a legal precedent that can be leveraged in other venues. Exactly. Well, we we got a guy for that. Yeah, yes. we do have a guy for that, and we know who that guy is. He's he's the guy behind the guy. Ryan <laughs> yeah. <with> pillage. <laughs> so then, crypto, crypto, we got you on Thursday, and then yours truly will roll in Friday morning. That's right. Oh, yes, Matthew, sir. what about you? Matthew is uh, uh, Alex Craner is going to be on uh, Thursday. Uh, uh, CJ and uh, probably V, I guess, are, are in on it. Um, so yeah, Alex Craner is going to be on three p.m. Yeah, Eastern Time Thursday, and I'll I'll be on for that. Yes, sweet. Okay, cool. Nice. All right, gents, you guys have a great night. Thank you all for listening in, and we'll be back tomorrow. Uh, that being said, take it away, CJ. All right, gents.